every stream is kind of a nerve because you like you wonder you go to click the live button you're like will anyone show up this time it just used to grind my gears to the point where i got up that was part of me just taking my armor off and and being true to myself g'day i'm joel selwood and welcome to another episode in season three of fearlessly australian this episode is called the crew and it's all about being yourself when you're a part of a group as an AFL player at Geelong, I can tell you that being a part of a diverse group of people helped me grow as a player and as a man. But sometimes the fear of not fitting in can affect us all. If you don't look after yourself, you can get lost, like in wanting to be someone different. I reckon it's always important to be true to yourself. Whatever the dynamic of the bunch of people you hang out with, we've got heaps of interesting thoughts to explore with our guests. The former Richmond Premiership captain, Brownlow medalist and current player Trent Cochin. And Loserfruit, whose playing field is online gaming and who has millions of followers in a world that I can't wait to learn more about. I definitely stopped associating with some people a bit more because I didn't think I really believed in what they were doing. And our regular guest and facilitator, Jara Volpe. I guess within the work that I get to do with the Manca, we do find that that's the, we're dealing with two worlds. We're dealing with the one that's happening in real life and the one that's happening online. Plus, if you like what you hear, like and subscribe to the channel and keep across everything we're doing. Let's go. Well, here we are, Fearlessly Australian, season three, and we've got a couple of great guests here, which I'm very excited about where this episode may go. So, Jarrett, great to have you back. I'm excited to be here. Very good. And Trent? Sal. Good to see you, mate. Thanks for having me. I'll get you to introduce yourself more soon. But, Loserfruit, I want to know plenty about you because... Uh, of course, of course. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm saying <laughs> AKA, also Kathleen. Yeah, Kathleen, Loserfruit. You can call me Lufu, Fruity, whatever. Whatever works. Perfect. <laughs> and tell us about this gaming world that you're in because um, if you haven't half... You know, we've met backstage a little bit here, but we don't know much about it. Um, but looking forward to hearing about plenty of mm -hmm. uh, what's been going on. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's like a big, that's a big question. I, I was on a billboard in, in Melbourne outside the, the, the main train station, which was pretty cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of, I do a lot of gaming, streaming, YouTube. Um, I play a lot of Fortnite and uh, I've got a skin in the game, which is a big honor, by the way. And, uh, and just, just for the, the listeners, what's yep. a skin in the game? Uh, sorry, like uh, they made me in Fortnite, but it looks way cooler and she, so you can just select her and just you know, run around and destroy. I don't know how simple You're inside it is. the computer is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, I made it in. Wow, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I've done a bunch of things and I've been doing it for 10 years and it's been like the best the best career, I think, honestly. Yeah. So how many subscribers are we talking? I don't know. You told me a number before. Someone told me a number. I don't know. I don't count them. Lots. <laughs> Depends what platform. Millions yes. we're talking? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Males <laughs> dominantly. Uh, a lot of male audience, yeah, gaming. Um, looking to change it though, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Very good. Yeah. Koch, uh, a little bit about yourself, mate. Yeah. Uh, well, I've Played for the Richmond Footy Club for 16 years now. Um, 
been very lucky with a couple of premierships along the way, but um, what I've enjoyed most is just the journey of starting as a 17-year-old and and coming through to now being a 33-year-old and seeing, you know, the differences between um, the human that I walked into the footy club as as compared to, to what some of our younger boys are into and um, the way that they choose to live their life is very different to, to what I was accustomed to as a kid growing up and um, I suppose part of that is is through that journey I've also been lucky enough to have um, three kids of my own with my wife Brooke and uh, they're now three, six and eight and, you know, most of my life is focused on spending time with them and ensuring that they have the most positive upbringing that they can possibly have. Um, that doesn't come without its challenges, uh, as you probably know. Um, but, yeah, thoroughly just leaning into life and trying to maximise every opportunity that I get along the way. Very good. Look forward to doing a deep dive into that and probably on the same wavelength, obviously play footy against each other for a long time, but uh, mine and Trent's relationship goes a long way back. We're going to uh, dive into a little bit about fear. Um, can you remember the last time that you were, you had a fear? Uh, yeah, like yesterday, I don't know. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I feel like whenever it's like something I'm scared of, it's a, it's a good thing. That's something... Is it, it, I'm trying something different, mm. yep. so I'm always I'm always afraid of something that's new. <laughs> but do you mind sharing that with us? What yesterday was? Um, yeah, no, I could. Uh, so I, I am a part of a group uh, group channel where we make uh, content um, in in real life together. And uh, <laughs> sorry, it's weird to say. Um, <laughs> I realise that's just normal. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and we did like a we made a song together and we're going to make a music video with it and then we went to it so we went to a, a professional studio and uh, made a song in a day and uh, that was like nerve-wracking for all of us oh. so and were you singing on it well okay well there is voice on it yes <laughs> would i call <laughs> is, it singing is your voice on there the voice is on there okay nice i've got some rap verses you got some rap verses yeah yeah it's a rap yeah taking it away coach bit of fear yeah i think um Nothing specific, um, but I, I constantly worry about what life looks like for my kids in five, ten years' time. Um, it's just something that Brooke and I discuss at home over dinner often. Um, you know, the world's forever changing and I'm actually really intrigued to learn a little bit about, you know, online and gaming and so forth because clearly that's going to be a big part of the future and um, you want to provide a safe environment at home but once you do open yourself up to the online world, it's it's really hard to control. So I'm looking forward to asking some questions that might empower me a little bit as a parent. You and me had way different fears. <laughs> I'm afraid of singing. You're afraid of your kids' futures. Oh. Jesus. Singing, <laughs> singing in the mirrors. Well, I reckon it's going to be a while before you become fearless. Um, but yeah. can you see it ever happening? No, I don't think so. I think as human beings, naturally, we fear lots of different things, you know, and, and it'll depend on the personality, depend what you're into, depends on the stage of life. Um, but I think the more we talk about it, the less the fear will actually control us. And, and in any walk of life, I think there's people that have either gone through it or are going through it. And the more we share that, that's going to give us the power and the opportunity to actually, you know, silence the fears or at least have things that we can focus on that means it doesn't have the power over you. Yeah. I mean, mine was heights to start, but also sitting on this couch, um, sitting in this seat, um, talking to you guys oh, too. Like, so nerve-wracking. And then there's people behind the camera and they're looking at us right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This area's big. Yeah. Yes, area's big. <laughs> it's big. <laughs> and this is I'm different sad. to what you're doing, like day-to-day, -day, isn't it? Like, yeah, literally I mean, I'm, comf 
I'm sitting comfortably in my own house. <laughs> I can see, you know, the camera's looking at me. I can see what I look like, you know, it's great. <laughs> so that's a fearless spot for you, being home, at yeah, work, yeah. Yeah. comfort. Yeah, for the most part, yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, I'm interested, uh, Lufu, I love saying that name. Your first stream though, mm. was there nerve there? Well, I mean, like actually every stream is kind of a nerve because you like, you wonder, you go to click the live button, you're like, will anyone show up this time? Surely this time no one shows up. <laughs> so everyone, like every time, it's, I'm if, a bit scared. If yeah. that occurred hmm. and no one did show up, hmm. how would that make you feel or would that? It's okay, I'll find something else. At this point, I know I'm good at what I do. I can just find another way of doing it. Yeah. And there's so many platforms to be on anyway that if you fail at one, you can, maybe it doesn't fit. Your personality doesn't fit there, so you go elsewhere. Fruity, you've been a part of groups um, in the past, online obviously. Um, you, we were talking about, are you aligned with a team now? Uh, yeah, so I'm a big part of a, a team called Power. We're an esports org and uh, we do mostly Fortnite content and then a bunch of the boys do tournaments uh, together. We've got a bunch of professionals that do it. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> I just made content, but yeah. yeah. Is, it, is there a team in the past that you've been a part of that's been really memorable to be a part of for, for good or bad? Um, yeah, no, I also was a, a part of uh, Click. So that was a group of us that made uh, YouTube content together and um, did did really well. We lived in a house together for two years. And um, yeah, no, I have great memories of, of, it, of it all, yeah. Anything that stands out? So Cray, who has been here before, um, is like he just orders like food, 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 but he won't get rid of the bags. So it's just bags everywhere. And then there was this packet of rice that had like flies surrounding it, but no one would own up to having that packet. Of, it was just on the balcony. No one would own up to it. And I'm just like, why is no one owning up to it? It's not that bad. Um, but like now that you might think that that's a bad memory, but I'm like, that's so funny that that happened <laughs> and that we just kind of like, we just kind of stuck with it. So those kind of, those are the memories that I just like, like. What was it about that group of boys that made you feel so comfortable to be a part of the group? Um, I think they were always kind of like looking out for me a little bit more because I think I was the only girl in the group, so that, that helped. Um, that and it was just, um, we all just had the same goal. We wanted to make the best content we could. Well, not all the time, actually. Sometimes we just want to watch movies. <laughs> I won't, won't lie. Um, but since I was always the one that making pranks on them. Um, like I, one time I um, cut open like a massive teddy bear, just got inside it, just waiting for on the couch for them to just just launch at them, um, which was so funny. But um, yeah, they, they never complained about anything. And if they did, they were like, what could you do that instead of, but they just, they just let me do whatever I wanted to do. And I thought that was really, they were just always accepting. It sounds like you just felt comfortable to be yourself. Yeah, no, they very much bring the best out. Um, in me and we did it in each other because we kind of knew the dynamics of what we all had, like how different we were. Like there was the joker, the one that laughs so much, but they can't do much without the person reacting. And I was always the person who laughs at everything type thing. And there's the one liner assassin that would always just come in with the most dry humor coming in. That was like our tall friend Baz. And it was just that whole dynamic. That's how you really know that something that that's what you really need to know is the, each other's strengths to, to play off. Yeah. I like hearing that. The dynamics, positive and negative, of being part of a team, Koch, you, you know probably a bit about that. 
Was there a moment where you actually felt that somebody integrated you into the group and you felt more at home at Richmond? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. It was probably just initially um, just youth and, and not knowing sort of where you fit or stand. Um, and I think and it sounds stupid, but until you sort of start playing footy in your own head, you don't feel like you've been accepted into the norm. Um, so I was lucky in, in, a, in a sense that I played footy early on in my career in the AFL team, but I was also injured as well, which gave me a, another layer of, you know, you'd go off into the dungeon, what we called back in the day. Um, the facility was not quite up to the standard that it is now. And it was a lonely place. It was effectively, you did your workout while the boys are out there all together, then they'd all finish, have a shower, go off to lunch. Are you avoided as an injured person? (laughs) Not not so much avoided, but you feel secluded. You feel like you're on your own and it it can be a lonely place. Obviously, you're dealing with the challenge of having an injury or not being able to participate. And and when you're drafted, you want to go out there and, and, and prove that you're worthy of your spot on the team. Um, Different schedule. Yeah, find your time. You find yourself on different timelines to the other players sometimes that are there. Yeah, and trying to fit probably more into the schedule than... um, But, yeah, from a time, a moment in time, you know, I I think even, you know, I was named captain at a a young age and and even then I was still, you know, I had guys like Joel and the Matthew Pavliches, the Nick Rewalts, the Rob Murphys. Um, These are all leaders that I admired and thought that I needed to be the best part of every one of them. But until I actually came to the realisation that, I'm a, I'm a good person and I've been selected as a leader of this footy club f- for reasons of my own. Um, until I really started to understand that and, and acknowledge that, I don't think I truly led to my potential. Um, and, you know, that, that wasn't until I was at the ripe old age of sort of 26, 27 and I'd, I'd been captain for five, six years. Really? It's, it's crazy. You know, you speak about first rocking up at the Richmond Footy Club and now you just want to be a part of the group of the Richmond Footy Club. And then you become a captain. And then your mind takes you to the group of captains that you're surrounded with and how you fit into them. And then going on a journey of just fitting in with yourself to then be able to achieve what you're there to achieve, which is your best abilities in that place. Yeah. That's quite norm, yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> you feel it too, huh? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely over the period of time. But um, I think when you pull it back and the simplicity of Trent saying, you know, that is it really that much harder than just trying to be a good person? Maybe look out for the people around you and try and set up an organisation that people want to come to work, you know, mm. smile and have a good time. And, um, and then you go, I can do that. You know, I can do that. And it may be different to the others, but that's okay. My first thought, time rolling up uh, to soccer training. I just watched the World Cup, Italy. I was really connected to it. And I'm like, I want to be a soccer player. I roll in and we get in this circle and normally I was always top of the pine in primary school and high school. I always felt really safe and comfortable in social settings. I roll into the circle and then you're kicking the ball about. They go, hey bro, what's your name? And I go, my name's Jarrah, but uh, you can call me Jazz. And they just start laughing, but not laughing with, with me, laughing at me. And out of nowhere, it was like this banter popcorn where everyone just go, oh, you can call me jazz, oh, you can call me jazz. They kept laughing and laughing. And yeah, it really triggered that because I was like, oh, like I'm not allowed to be me here. And it was weird, like there was no way back in after that. The only sort of comms that I had with any of the A team, like the really successful soccer players was, hey, jazz, and that's it. And they'd roll off. And so I really relate to how you were feeling, but probably more in a real sense that I always felt just disconnected from that group and I didn't feel like it would be authentically seen for who I was. 
Oh, that's still painful talking about that. <laughs> still hurts, still hurts. So no calling you Jazz. <laughs> the, the reason why it hurt the most is because my best friends called me Jazz. And so when I was actually putting that down there, that's how I like to be called, especially from my closest friends. And so, no, uh, I don't mind if you call me Jazz. Uh, maybe that will soften the blow a little bit as well. So that's the fitting in part too. Yeah. It's just like, oof. Um, the younger me, um, when I first rocked up, I was 18 and we had a little bit of an older group at the time, but the next one in line was like 23 at the time. So when I, I was an early morning riser when we went interstate, there's only, well, like Trent knows, there's only five or six times every year, but being an early riser, you're usually up with the dads of the group. So <laughs> when I went down, I had nothing in common with the 28, 29 year old uh, player that I was playing with mm. really, but I had to break in. and the, and back then in the early years that we were playing, it was pretty black and white footy. Like it, they were tough on you. You had to earn your stripes before you got a game sort of thing. So um, yeah, interesting time. It's amazing, like speaking about that whole group think and this kind of no critical thinking to how the group is acting and no one checking the behavior and the power when one person stands up and says, hey, this is where I'm at, this is how I'm feeling. And how the group responds actually tells you how strong that group is and what they're there for. And then even more so, when somebody stands up, you're normally speaking for other people as well, and then it creates that connection. I think, you know, referencing the culture of a footy club, like drinking and going out is something that I've never really done. Um, probably one, because I don't trust myself. Um, but also just because it's never been part of my makeup. But even as captain, it was always my feedback as a captain was, oh, you need to go out more with the boys. And it just used to grind my gears to the point where I got up and I said, that was part of me just taking my armour off and, and being true to myself. I'm not a party goer, I'm not gonna go out. I don't necessarily love having a beer, but invite me out for a coffee or have lunch at a cafe or whatever it is. They're the things that I love. and. Um, I think once I started to speak to that, it was like, oh, he's maybe not quite the same or not into the same stuff, but there was an awareness now and guys found new ways to connect with me. Um, and even as part of that, when I addressed the group, that was at the beginning of 2017, uh, one of our young players, Ben Lennon, um, I said that I still still got a little bit of anxiety leading into a game, whether it was performance anxiety or worrying about the outcome before it had even happened. And he said, oh, to hear my captain goes through some of the same struggles that I do, and he was in his first year, I think still 18 years old, just instantly gave us permission to have more of a conversation. Would you mind sharing about that incredible exercise that got brought in at the end of that 2016, where you guys were all kind of carbon copied or not really succeeding the way that you wanted to within the competition? Yeah, well, I think within a team organisation, the expectation is that you're all best mates and there's 40 odd players on an AFL list. And the reality is you might be good at footy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to or you should be best mates. We're all different. Um, it's a lot of best mates too. Like that's a yeah, lot. It's of hard people. work having one, let alone <laughs> 40 of them. Um, there's a party know. a week. Like, <laughs> not <Nah>. bad. <laughs> it's very true. Um, and, uh, and Dim, one of the great things that Dimmer introduced was the Triple H uh, session, which is effectively um, you had to nominate your hero, your highlight and your hardship in your life. And, you know, talk about fear, getting up in front of your peers, talking about some of these key moments in your life, um, particularly the hardship. That was something that um, was really impactful on our group. But, 
Now you talk about having friendships, but also those relationships going deeper and having a better understanding of people and what makes them tick really helped with, um, you know, showing up and, and celebrating those kind of things. I, th I think one that's been really well documented is Brandon Ellis's story. He was in his maybe sixth or seventh year um, and probably two guys out of the 40 knew his story. Uh, he'd grown up in a commission home uh, to the point he was so embarrassed about it that he'd walk a different way home from school every day so that his mates didn't know that that was where he lived and, and grew up. And um, But then flipping that and the narrative, like his purpose was to get his parents out of living in that environment and that was part of why he played footy and why he loved the game so much. Um, and to his credit, he's done amazing things from a financial point of view. He's, he's put his parents in a different home now. They live a far better life than they were when he was growing up and... You know, that, that to me is what's special about a team sport and organisation, hearing and giving people permission to tell their story and then connecting with it at a deeper level because, you know, I'll not, I won't just be a premiership playing teammate to Brando. We'll be mates for life because of what we've shared across his career. He's no longer at the footy club but we still speak, you know, once every couple of weeks. Did you have those dynamic, like that, those periods in your teams where you think, Oh, positive, like positively this works for us or even the negative side of it where you can turn things around? Um, I think, yeah, it's just the vast difference of personalities is like was a, yeah, a rough thing to get to because not everyone like works the same. Um, so when you hear Trent say we're not all best mates and there's mm -hmm. 40 of us, mm -hmm. is that a similar case in your world? Yeah, kind of like 40 is a lot still. That's still just getting to me. Like, yeah. There's like five of us and I, we were still struggling sometimes. Because, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, some people like, you know, I work at a, I work in a very fast place. Some people are more like slow and they want to make it like more perfect or refined type thing. And that would like often um, just collide with each other. But the best thing about all of that is realizing that the audience has favorites and can identify themselves with um, with each one. Like um, one person that was part of the group was was my partner, um, Marcus, who, who didn't think he really was entertaining at all. But because he wasn't like any character, a lot of people identified with him. He was just like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the normal dude, <laughs> like not in a bad way. And they're just like, oh, he's cool. <laughs> they like him. And that's um, that's a huge part of it, why you need a lot of different People. Yeah. Do you give each other like feedback on like how you're going and mm. how you can sort of like attract more viewers or mm. subscribers? Yeah, I think mostly in like with my YouTube friends, we do a lot, yeah. do a lot of that because it, the best thing is it's you're not stealing each other's views. If that person goes up, you probably go up too because you're associated with them because you, those same people watch your channel as well. So we're all just... Yeah, it's a, it's a lot about lifting each other up and being like, hey, that thumbnail kind of was bad. Okay, try this type thing. Yeah, there's a lot of that. So it comes from a place of care more so than competition. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also selfish, isn't it? Because <laughs> if that guy's getting more views, yeah, we'll say, we'll say care <laughs> and kindness. <laughs> Has there ever been a time where you've had to leave a group because of like, you know, whether it be bullying or, you know, you felt like you didn't fit in? Uh, I definitely disassociated, not disassociated, uh, stopped associating with some people a, a bit more because I didn't think I really believed in what they were doing and how they were, how they were doing content type thing. Um, I, I didn't really like that. 
as much, but not, not, not too much. Um, no, no. But if, yeah, I think it's, it's a hard world because it's all about views and you kind of, people kind of treat each other based on views and it's only a few people do, but you can kind of know who they are. And, um, some people want to do like more quicker ways to get it rather than building like authentic audiences and communities. Trent, if you were to talk to your younger self, uh, what advice would you give? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, probably just as you've touched on, uh, it's, uh, it's probably one thing that I'm actually quite proud of in, in my own journey is that I think I've always stayed relatively true to myself. And I think to do that, you need to establish who you are first and foremost. And, you know, whether you, it's probably not going to happen when you're 15, but you'll have an understanding and, and hopefully um, the environment your parents are creating and so forth gives you a better understanding of what those values are. What are you going to tell your 15-year-old self, Fruity? Um, yeah, just like you wake up a different person every day, you know, and that's okay if it's, it's all right. Enter a room and with confidence because that's the best part. That's the best time to do it is at the very beginning because if you wait to be confident, it ain't going to come. Um, so do that because um, that will help you just express your best self. Posture matters too, you know, don't sit like this. Don't, just, <laughs> don't sit that. that. That'll make you feel shy, okay? Just, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and be kind to yourself is the, it's okay to not do everything at once and to have a lot more to do because the journey is the, is the best part. What would you tell your younger self, brother? Whew. What would I tell my younger self? Keep calling so, yourself. Okay, jazz. Keep calling yourself jazz. Absolutely. Came to mind. Uh, you'll be accepted one day. But yeah, what I would tell my younger self is be willing to have those tough conversations. And if something has crossed the line within you, most likely it's crossed the line within somebody else. And rather than just being a part of the pack, step out and see who follows you. Jazz, Fruity, Trent, thanks for joining us on Fearlessly Australian. Woo! <laughs>